0: Hey, you're listening to Clumsy Theosis. This is The Catholic Podcast, where you will discover spunk and motivation to live a vibrant and transformational life as a child of God. I'm Rochelle Lucero, and I invite you to walk with me as we dive into all the things that Jesus gave us to do just that. I'm talking about the Bible, Catholic tradition, church documents, the catechism, the saints, the fathers, the doctors of the church you name it, and I'll draw from it. You and I together, we are going to transform the world by letting Christ transform us. Hey, what's up? My name is Rochelle Lucero, and thank you for joining me for this episode of the Clumsy Theosis podcast. In our last episode, I focused on walking in the authority of your supernatural inheritance. That's quite a mouthful. And how that authority is part of your identity as a child of God, how it's It's part of your spiritual DNA. And when you walk in it, abundance accompanies you because that's how God designed things to work. That's how he designed you. And it was really exciting to share with you. And apparently it was really exciting for you as well. I've received a number of messages about how much that episode meant to you and your fellow listeners. And that is really exciting because this is foundational stuff. And this is It's essential to your spiritual life. So I'm really glad that we're talking about it. And today we're going to kind of continue that discussion. I'm writing on the coattails of that episode because I promised you that I would have some suggestions for you to keep the thief who wants to steal and kill and destroy, how to keep him at bay because he wants to keep you from walking in your identity and we want to keep him at bay, right? We don't want him anywhere near our authority, and what God is calling us to do and be. These suggestions are really good. I had to cut them down. I had too many for one episode, but I will put the ones that I don't talk about. I have a complete list on my website and there's going to be a link to this complete list in the show notes, which is in the description of this episode. So you can find everything there. Today, I have about eight total. Eight is a mystical number, so I think we're in a good place here. Remember though, that these are only suggestions. I just want you to prayerfully consider them. And some of them are things that you will want to avoid or maybe even remove from your lifestyle if you are currently doing in them. Not because they're bad or evil or anything like that, but because they have the potential to give the enemy a foothold, okay? That's why these are things that I'm suggesting that you avoid or remove from your lifestyle. The other habits that I'm going to talk about are things that you can either pick up, like begin to do them if you don't already, or maintain them if they are already part of your lifestyle. And the reason I'm suggesting this is not because you have to do these things in order to be holy, but it's because these are things that go are going to keep you closer to the source of your authority. And that's what we want. We want to be close to the source of our authority, which is God the Father, and we want to keep the enemy at bay. That's why I've come up with these suggestions. All right. So now that we know why we're here, let's get to it. The first suggestion for things to avoid, we read in the Psalms that God created your inmost being and that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Raise your hand. If you've heard this, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. All right. Any message that you encounter that says otherwise is not from God. So that means any person, any organization, any company, any corporation, that is using you, abusing you, undervaluing, or even mistreating you, they have to go. These are toxic relationships that are sending you messages contrary to the truth of God. I'm not saying run out and quit your job. (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you need to discern what you're going to do about these people or these places that are not telling you the truth that God wants you to hear. Okay, you have to discern what to do about them, but identifying them as toxic relationships is a good place to start. Moving on. Number two, you have probably heard that comparison is the thief of joy. And for a very long time, I thought this was scripture. It sounds like it's scripture, right? It's actually, I think it was Teddy Roosevelt who said this, and he was a wise man because what happens when you live in a world of comparison is that you're actually living as an orphan who does not know that you have a good father who wants to give you good gifts and who wants to provide for you. In a sense, you're kind of living like Eve in the garden who believed that God was holding out on you we saw how that turned out for her. Let's not go down that path. Okay. When you live in a world of comparison, you lose your joy and joy is the mark of the Christian life. So we need to fight the devil's temptation to compare yourself to others. He wants you to look around at other people because when you're so busy looking at other people, what they're doing, what they have, all of that, You're too busy to look up at the father and what he wants to tell you, where he's directing you to go, how he's providing for you, right? He wants you to look out instead of up. So we need to look up and not compare ourselves to others around us. My third suggestion is you got to cut out negative self-talk. And this seems so obvious, but at the same time, it is so easy to slip up and say something negative about your traits your appearance, your habits, your abilities. Even if you don't say them out loud, you might think them. It's so easy to do that. Or when you label yourself with like I am statements. For me, for a very long time, I used to say, I am so impatient because I struggle with the virtue of patience. But by me saying I am so impatient, I was limiting how far I was going to allow God to Move and act within my soul in my life to help me grow in that virtue, right? I was creating a limitation by labeling myself with a negative statement. And when we also limit ourselves with I can't statements, I can't do this. I've just never been able to. I'm just not going to be able to. I just can't do it. Okay. When you say things about yourself like that, remember that your tongue holds the power of life and death. You are going to limit how far you're willing to let God move. Not that God can't. Just God is polite and he wants to work with our cooperation. And if you're saying, I can't, you're saying that you're not willing to go any further and let the Lord do more. I know it sounds a little intense, but these are things that I have learned from personal experience. So whenever you say, I can't, I am something negative, or you just say something negative about yourself, stop, rewind, rephrase. Before you know it, you're going to be saying all these positive things about yourself. And then that is just going to give the Lord so much more permission and room to move and work within you and your life. And lastly, for things to avoid, it's unforgiveness, which again, totally obvious, but we have to remember that unforgiveness poisons your heart. And Proverbs 4.23 reminds us that you need to guard your heart with a vigilance because from it flows the spring of life. All right, when we have unforgiveness in our heart, that is flowing from our heart into our life, into our mind, into everything. So we need to be forgiving, which we hear this all the time, but think of it this way. Forgiveness is the mark of our relationship with God, right? That is what he is constantly doing. He is constantly in a state of forgiveness, forgiving us of our sins. That is who he is. And we have his power and his authority, and we are growing to be more like him every day. That's the Christian life. If we are not forgiving, we are not mirroring our father. We're not mirroring the Lord. And therefore we're not going to get very far in the Christian life with unforgiveness because unforgiveness is a poison that's going to kill you because it's going to cut you off from the root. It's going to cut you off from the source. It's going to cut you off from being like the father. All right, now we're going to switch gears and we're going to talk about the positive life-giving enemy scaring practices that I want to suggest that you either start doing or you maintain, right? This is the the upbeat portion of the show. Now, before I get into these, I'm going to say right now that I'm not going to talk about prayer. And that's partly because it's already a given in the Christian life. And also to say, pray more can be kind of like an ambiguous directive. And if you want to learn more about prayer, I got you covered, you know, how to do it better, how to do it in different ways. I have a number of episodes on prayer and I'll put together a playlist and that playlist will be linked in the show notes directing you to the playlist on my website. Also, I'm not going to say frequent the sacraments because the Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith. And it goes without saying that you are frequenting the sacraments. I'm going to operate from that presumption that you are frequenting the sacraments and that you have a prayer life. If you don't, I got you covered. There's some resources in the show notes. My four suggestions for things that are going to help you stay close to the source of your authority are as follows. First, prophetic declarations. I am a big proponent of prophetic declarations. As you heard in my, your words have power episode if you don't remember how to do them, go back and listen to that episode. It's so imperative that you start speaking the words of God with authority because you're partnering with him and you're walking in your authority and in your power that he gave you right? to speak his truth into the atmosphere around you. And when you do this, you grow in your authority. Every time you exercise your authority, you grow in it. So one of the easiest ways is to speak The words of God and all the power that they contain into your life. They're already there for you. You just have to speak them and walk in your authority, and you're going to grow in your authority every time that you do this. The second is to praise God. And I mean this literally, like out loud, sing praise to God. And here's why you need to sing songs of praise. When the faithful rejoice in their glory, crying out with joy, with the praise of God on their tongues a two-edged sword is in their hand. This is not something that I'm saying. This is something that the psalmist says in 149. When you sing praise to God, it is like holding, not that it is like you are actually holding a two-edged sword in your hand, a spiritual weapon in your hand by singing the praises of God. If you're one of my listeners who loves praise and worship music, you might be like super pumped. Like, oh, that's awesome. Just crank up the music, right? If you are one of those who do not like modern praise and worship music, I'm going to tell you that is not a valid reason not to sing songs of praise to God. I'm going to highly encourage you to, sing, to think outside of the box because there are so many other things that you can sing to give praise to God that are not modern praise and worship music. You can sing the hymns that you like, that you grew up with. You can sing the prayers in Latin You can even sing the Mass parts, parts of the Mass. You can sing those because the Mass is a celebration of praise and thanksgiving. You know, it's funny. I overhear Gary sing the liturgy all the time. In the Byzantine faith, our liturgy is basically sung from front to back, everything except the homily. And I'll hear Gary when he's taking out the trash or doing dishes or just, I don't know, kind of mucking around the house. I will hear him sing the liturgy parts. And it's the cutest thing. But at the same time, I'm going to tell you, it is the manliest thing, right? I'm just like, yeah, my husband is singing the liturgy, you know, like that is so awesome. So get creative, sing songs of praise to the Lord, hold that two-edged sword because there is power and authority in it, which will just help you to walk in your power and your authority even better. Number three is... Adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. And I want to make this suggestion as concrete as possible because, man, I have seen people overcomplicate adoration. And it is very tempting. I know. I've been there. It's very tempting to go into adoration with this elaborate plan. You know, you're going to bring your rosary, your spiritual readings, devotionals, journals, all these things. But I'm going to suggest that you go to adoration and you bring nothing with you, like zero things. And the only plan that you have is to sit there with Jesus and relax, just relax, just exhale and be in the presence of Jesus. When you do it this way, you're giving Jesus complete control, right? And that way he can do all of the things that he needs to do in order to realign you with the truth and to put you in a place where he can have communion with you. When you do it the other way. With all the things, you're basically sending the message to Jesus that you think your way is better. And he's going to respect that. He's going to say, okay, you want to do those things? I'll let you do those things, right? Because that's how God is, but you're not going to get the most out of your time in adoration. Also, a couple of notes. When it comes to adoration, the Eucharist does not need to be exposed. Jesus can be in the tabernacle. It doesn't make him any less present. Just go sit near a tabernacle. Also, you don't have to go for an hour. You can go for any amount of time and be in the presence of God. One thing I will be kind of firm in my suggestion is that you are consistent, meaning you pick a frequency, like if you're gonna do it daily or weekly or bi-weekly or monthly, whatever, you pick a frequency, you pick a date, you pick a time, and for how long you're gonna do it. And you are consistent with it and you schedule your life around it. If this is kind of too difficult, if your you know life is just a little bit chaotic. I still think you can find time. For married people, I'm going to say, make this part of your date night. Try it out. See how you like it. Maybe go to 30 minutes of adoration before you go and do the activity that is your date. Just sit there in silence with your spouse in front of Jesus. And you're going to notice, I bet you anything, you're going to notice the quality of your interactions with your spouse are going to be different in like the best way possible. Try it. See what you think. And my final suggestion for what to do is to read the Gospels every day. Now, you don't have to read a lot, but do read a portion of the Gospels every day. But when you do it, read it as though you are a detective who is putting together a character profile on Jesus. Here's what I mean. This probably sounds weird. But in the Gospels, you're going to read stories that you've heard before. But it's not necessarily about the story itself. It's about Jesus and what he says and what he does and his motivation behind all of these things. And so you're going to pay attention to that. And you're going to also talk to him about why he did and said the things that he did and said. You're going to talk to him about them because you want to get to know his character, right? Who he is. And this is important because remember when Christ told Philip, whoever has seen me has seen the father. When you read the Gospels this way and you're looking to discover the character of Jesus, you're going to also learn who the Father is. And when you get to see who the Father is, the Father is going to show you who you are and the authority that he has given you through your supernatural inheritance. Basically, when you read the Gospels this way, it's going to help you to remember who you are that scene from the Lion King that I spoke about last episode where Mufasa tells Simba, you've forgotten who you are because you've forgotten who I am, right? This way we will never forget who we are because we are remembering our father because we're getting to know Jesus who has shown us the father. And speaking of the Lion King, I do want to give a shout out to Jojo. Jojo sent me a message over Instagram about the last episode walking in authority. And he said, I just listened to your recent podcast about our identity and was, it was extra awesome because my wife and I literally just watched the Lion King a couple of days ago. And those parts in the movie stood out to me as I watched it. And I thought that was so cool because I really believe that the Holy spirit is moving and doing something in the church in you specifically and us collectively as a church. And the fact that we are all kind of being Reawaken to our identity and our authority, it's just so powerful. And it's just like, what's going to happen? What's to come? Something awesome is on the brink. So thank you for that message, Jojo. It made my day. And all of you, if you sent me a message, I did see it and I have most likely responded to you. Thank you so much for telling me how that episode has impacted your walk with the Lord. It, it really is so exciting for me. So, all of these suggestions that I've given you, I do want to make one thing very clear. The goal here is quality, not quantity. Doing less can sometimes end up being more fruitful. Because you're doing something well, you're doing it very intentionally, and you're doing it with consistency. So all I want you to do is prayerfully consider removing some of these things from your life or adding some of these things into your life and see how they are impacting your walk with the Lord and your awareness and ability to walk in your authority and your supernatural inheritance. Again, Everything that I mentioned in this episode is going to be in the show notes, including the scriptures that some of these things come from. All of the suggestions that I didn't get around to mentioning, they're going to be available in the show notes. Yeah, the show notes take you to the website where I've laid everything out for you so beautifully. If you get my email, you will not need to go to the show notes. This is already in your inbox. It's waiting for you. All you have to do is open the email and click the link. And you'll be taken to everything that you need. If you are not receiving my email, I suggest you sign up this way. Everything, again, it's just in your inbox waiting for you when the episode comes out. And it also includes the check-in, which is a reflection handout that helps you to check in with yourself, with your Lord, and with the people around you if you're doing to small group discussions, if you're journaling. It helps you look at the episode and what it has inspired or invoked within you and your spiritual walk with the Lord. So there's a link to sign up in the show notes. Once you sign up, you probably won't ever have to go to the show notes again, because everything, like I said, will be waiting for you in your inbox until our next episode, which I'm really excited because you guys have sent me some suggestions. I'm going to be working off of the suggestions you and your fellow listeners have sent me. So I'm really excited. Tune in for our next episode. Peace out. Welcome to the end of the podcast. Since you made it this far, you know what that means, right? We're like totally best friends now. (laughs) But for real though, thanks so much for spending time with me and growing in your faith knowledge and letting Christ transform you. Since you stayed this long, I'm thinking that you liked the episode. So will you do me a favor and share it with a friend or all of your friends on social media. While you're online, I invite you to check out my website, clumsytheosis.net. There you're going to find all of the things that you need, such as how to get in touch with me, how to book me as a speaker, how to find my social channels, how to sign up for our weekly email, and very importantly, this is very important, how to donate if you'd like to support the show. This show is listened to in approximately 90 countries across the globe. So if you find value in this show, please consider donating at clumsytheosis.net. Anything that you give is very much appreciated and it is super helpful. All right. Thanks again for walking with me today. Remember that we can transform the world by letting Christ transform us.